Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcast for May 24th, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, back again, it's Frank. Oh, I'm allowed to be on the episode now? Well, you were always technically supposed to be on the episode. You just yeah, weren't my bad guys. on the episode. <laughs> Please take a moment and do us a quick favor if you would be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever app you've chosen to listen to us on and leave us a quick rating and a review. It really does help us in that algorithm game, so that way more and more people will find us. Um, I do want to quickly here talk about our schedule for the upcoming week before we get into talking and recapping AEW from the past week. Frank, we have over the next seven days, three episodes of the podcast lined up, including yes. this one. We have this one today where we're recapping everything from last week in AEW land. And then uh, because Dynamite is this Friday night and then Double or Nothing is on Sunday. Well, we have to still talk about Elevation, Dark and Dynamite. So we will somehow cram an episode in there at some point on Saturday. I don't know when exactly Frank and I are going to get together and sit down and do this between Dynamite ending on Friday and Saturday. But we will. We'll figure it out. We'll get a show done and we'll do our predictions for Double or Nothing. And then next Monday, your normally scheduled episode will be reviewing and recapping everything we saw at that pay-per-view. So it should be fun. We got a lot of wrestling to watch, don't we? We got a lot of wrestling to watch. <laughs> but uh, soon we'll be watching that wrestling on a different channel, Frank, because starting in January of 2022, alongside their new show, AEW Rampage, which was uh, confirmed this week to be debuting on August 13th at 10 p.m. That is a Friday night, as we talked about. Dynamite is moving to the Superstation. Do they still call it the Superstation? They do. Is it still called the Superstation? Okay, cool. <laughs> I th honestly, how unfinished is the TBS title going to look when it first comes out? I mean, I don't think they have. I think they've already said they're not changing it. They think they've, they've, they're going to stick with calling it the TNT title. They're not going to be changing it or anything like that. Uh, and, and it'll still make sense because they did announce in this press release and then whatever they put out on that day that uh, every quarter they will be doing a, a super card, more or less, on TNT as a special, kind of like the special Dynamites that we get, except these won't be Dynamites. These will actually be separate events on TNT, and a lot of people have been kind of comparing them to, you know, Clash of the Champions back during WCW era. I was going to say Saturday Night's Main Event. <laughs> the same thing, exactly. Yeah, very similar to that, very similar to Clash of the Champions, which if you remember, Clash of the Champions was on TBS, and Nitro was on TNT. So, like, and everything else that WCW did was on TBS. Thunder on Thursdays 
was TBS. That was not TNT. The Saturday night show that they had, like WCW Saturday night or whatever it was called, that was TBS. The only thing that they had on TNT was Nitro. So it's all, but they're all the Turner. Of course, it's all the Turner. Deal. It's all. It reaches roughly the same amount of households, and it's really not that CNN. big. Of a, they could, but they won't. It's really not that different and not that big of a deal. And it will help AEW in the end because they won't constantly be preempted by the NHL and the NBA any longer. That's the reason for the move, because otherwise they would have constantly had to have either moved off of Wednesday, found a different day or just dealt with the scheduling conflicts. And that sucks. That's, it, remi- it reminds me of back in the day with WWF. That's right. I said F uh, being preempted by the Westminster Dog Show every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah, definitely. Except instead of preempting it just I once that a more year. Often than I watch basketball. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, instead of just being once a year, basketball is, you know, during the playoffs, especially every week. And the NHL is every week. And the thing with the NHL is like Wednesday night hockey. So it was it was a good thing for for AEW to to be moved to TBS. And I think they're like walking away with a couple more million out of this or something because of things. And it's just things are moving correctly for Tony Khan and, and everybody involved with AEW. And it's so cool to think like two years ago when we were just watching this company develop and be born that it would actually flourish and have, you know, in just three months, four weekly TV shows running. And as we're about to see here, as we start recapping Elevation Dark and Dynamite, they're good. All of them. Like, they're they're not bad shows, any of them. I had the pleasure, well, or, or displeasure if you, if you don't like the binge. I watched them all, everything in you, one day. You watched everything in one day. How was that? I am so wrestling out right now. <laughs> so what day did you do this? So how how did you watch Dynamite? Uh, did you do everything on Thursday or Friday? Friday. I watched it in the morning. Damn. So you were even a, like a two days late to Dynamite. I could never wait that long. I gotta know what's happening. <laughs> I, I, when I fall behind, I fall behind. But you caught up, but which I, is good. Uh, like I said, we normally try to record these on Friday nights. You know, so I was like, I, I was like, I got to watch it Friday morning. You know, that's just, I was ready to rock. The, uh, all three shows were really good. So we'll start talking about Elevation from last Monday. We had 16 matches on both Elevation and Dark last week. So, and, you know, Frank, you watched... 32, and then there were one, two, three, four, five, six matches on Dynamite. So 38 matches from AEW in, in one day. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. And some pretty good and some pretty good segments in between. Absolutely. So starting with Elevation in those 16 matches, Jungle Boy defeated Adrian Alanis. Dustin Rhodes defeated Aaron Solo. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeated Royce Isaacs and Danny Limelight. Lance Archer defeated Bear Bronson. Paul White had his little Elevation showcase this week on the Hollywood hunk. Ryan Nemeth. <laughs> <laughs> Layla Hirsch defeated Natalia Markova. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky defeated Trayvon Jordan and Jalen Brandon. The Bunny defeated Kylan King. The Acclaimed defeated Kevin Blackwood and Kevin Bennett. They were both named Kevin. That's weird. That's right. Uh, Cutie Marshall defeated Baron Black. I had to, like, I'm questioning my own notes. Were they both named Kevin? 
Cutie Marshall defeated Baron Black. Joey Janela defeated uh, Daniel Garcia. Private Party defeated Alex Reynolds and Alan Angels. J.D. Drake and Ryan Nemeth defeated uh, Roman Roselle and Derek Pisaturo. I think is how you say that last name. Ty Conti defeated Kaya Dream. Penta El Zero Miedo defeated Robo. Thunder Rosa defeated Robin Renegade. And then in the main event, Brian Cage defeated Mike Seidel. The uh, matches that I picked out is worth going back and checking out. You'll have to let me know what you thought, Frank. Dustin Rhodes and Aaron Solo. Lance Archer and Bear Bronson. Uh, Cutie Marshall and Baron Black. And then Private Party and Alex Reynolds and Alan Angels. I thought those four matches were the highlight of Elevation for me. Yeah. Honestly, though, anytime I get to see my boy Baron Black out there. Okay. Yeah. Baron Black. The best extra. He's, he's, I, I feel like he's a modern day Brooklyn roller and I have no problem with, you know, I, I love me some drivers, but he, but he sells so, he sells so well. Yeah. He's definitely entertaining, especially again on all the, uh, the, uh, Behind the stuff, you know, the vlogs on Sammy's vlog specifically with the, yeah. uh, the backstage extra stuff. So um, I thought the tag match between the Dark Order and Hardy front office, you know, private party and Alex Reynolds, Alan Angels. I thought that was awesome. Like that match was was really well done. And anytime we, of course, get to see more with uh, the pretty picture and, you know, just delicious J.D. Drake, Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Bononi, uh, uh, pretty Peter Avalon. Like those guys are on the screen so often on Elevation and Dark that it's worth it. <laughs> I love the amount of cool factions that we have going on. Man. There's so many. And and that's just like this just like friendships. You know what I mean? Like it's you could tell these guys like they're just. They're together because it feels like they're together backstage. Like they're just hanging out and like, you know what? Let's just throw you guys together as a stable. You guys are friends. <laughs> like the Dark Water. When they first started, I thought they were the stupidest, lamest thing to ever come around. And they leaned into it. And it's, it's like the most awesome thing in the world. Yeah. And now it's, you know, this this fantastic faction that, you know, has the back of Adam Page and is involved in pretty much several top storylines in AEW. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's what's so cool about Elevation and Dark. You know, we, we get to see so many extra matches every single week that aren't on your your main dynamite stuff. And, you know, it's stuff that we normally wasn't or, or would not have seen had the pandemic era not happened. So I think the fact that we're getting all these matches and now the fact that they're going back on tour in July and we found out that I, I think they said that they're pretty much going to tape... Um, I think they're going to split it, right? Like, or they're going to try to tape everything on Wednesdays and Thursdays or something like that, except on days when Rampage is live, because it will be live on some Fridays, and then they'll actually tape stuff alongside Rampage as well. So I don't know exactly how they're going to do things or if Elevation and Dark are going to remain these 14 to 16 match cards come the return of touring in just two months. I don't know, but that's a lot for them to do on the road. So we'll have to see what they decide to do. Can you imagine, like, having... I would say having to sit through 14 matches plus that if you were to buy a ticket? I, it's a lot. That's... It's it's like I've been to pay per views before, and like when they, when they tape all the extra stuff, it's just too much. I mean, as much as I love, I love wrestling. Like I said, I, I powered through was that six seven hours? Seven hours, uh, yeah, it's roughly seven hours, probably. I enjoyed myself the entire time, but there it does come a point where it's just it's too much. So I hope just for, also for for the the performers that they like they they find a way to spread it out somehow. I hope like so. it's I hope so. 
And it'll be something that we'll probably find out more about here relatively soon. We keep finding more and more out about their return to touring and stuff. So please, please, please tour in Colorado. Frankie wants to go. Well, yeah, I'm hoping we'll see them back in Cleveland too. Jessica and I would love to go back again. You know, we went earlier this year or I'm sorry, not this year, last year, right before they, you know, in January of, uh, of 2020, right. Uh, as, as they were get ready to stop touring because of COVID. So <laughs> I guess the only event they have a ticket to is September 4th. That is Nelly. Yeah. You said that last time. And, uh, you're, you're getting ready, dude. You're getting ready to drop the country grammar. So, yeah. Something tells me if I sing along, I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably get several looks from everybody standing around you, too. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about Dark from Tuesday again, 16 matches. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Dean Alexander. Dante Martin defeated Falco. 10 defeated Ryzen. Chuck Taylor defeated Aaron Rourke. Lee Johnson defeated Fuego Del Sol. Evil Uno and Colt Cabana defeated Tamillion Vinesh and Duncan Mitchell. Cesar Bononi defeated Marco Stunt. Nick Camarado defeated Adrian Alanis. Serpentico defeated Sunny Kiss, which I thought was interesting. Red Velvet and Big Swole defeated Vert Vixen and Jasmine Allure. Griff Garrison defeated Dion Russman. Matt Seidel defeated Marty Cassius. Chris Statlander defeated Diamante, Nyla Rose defeated Rekka Tahaka, and Helico defeated Vary Morales, and in the main event, Brian Pillman Jr. defeated Luther. Again, I pulled four matches that I thought going back worth checking out. Uh, Dante Martin and Falco, and and it, this kind of is like a running thing. Dante Martin's matches the last like three weeks on Dark have all been phenomenal. Like, this dude is just making the most of his singles run right now while his brother's out injured. Uh, you know, one half of Top Flight. This guy is just doing so many cool things. So Go check that match out. Uh, Lee Johnson and Fuego Del Sol, I thought, put on a fantastic match. Chris Statlander and Diamante and Angelico and Barry Morales were my four choices this week. I, I want to throw Chuck Taylor out there. Everything he does is amazing to me. I used to watch him before all the AEW stuff when he was on the indies. Uh, I've actually seen him wrestle a mop. Just, just a phenomenal talent. Yeah, he's definitely really cool and, you know, makes everything just look so interesting in the ring, like the way he does things. <laughs> and in pure AEW fashion, he's tied into one of the biggest storylines going on right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It seems like everybody is tied into like one big storyline or another. And I think that's what's kind of cool to you. Um, like if you're not watching Dark and Elevation, if you're only watching Dynamite, that's OK if you only have time to do that. But you really are missing out on almost four hours worth of quality wrestling that, uh, you know, I, I think is more entertaining than anything you can find elsewhere. <laughs> I I think it's like when a like when a really good book gets turned into a movie. Yeah, you can watch the movies. You can get the good experience. You have fun. But reading the book, you get all the extras and the, and the building and the world building. And that's I say, you have to watch these. There's no way around it. Hell, you have to watch Being the Elite and Sammy's Vlog. <laughs> you have to, man. You have to. And like they're tied together now. Did you watch this week's? Obviously, you did. But there was that moment in Sammy's vlog where Cutler walks in with the BTE camera. So I'm assuming we're going to see that on BTE on Monday. So they're even like filming the same segments at the same time and the storylines are crossing over because the BTE belt is on Sammy's vlog and that one dude has it that I'm 
really still not quite sure who or what he does. Do you know? <laughs> no I mean, one knows. No, no, no one knows. Well, as, as somebody that jumped into the vlog, like kind of already in progress and not being familiar with some of the names backstage in AEW, I don't know who that is. I think his name is Chris. I don't know what he does. I jumped in a little after you because you told me I had to start watching it. And I was like, oh, I have, I have, to, I have to watch more. Uh... <laughs> so I don't know what he does, but he is the current BTE champion. And uh, the, the current storyline is that the Bucks are mad because they're calling Sammy's show a BTE dark. And what are they saying today? They're, they're like, we should just make like let him start doing BTE and get out of the vlog business anyway. <laughs> the Bucks have just been nailing this heel persona left and right, man. Like uh, like uh, Nick Jackson's trick shots on BTE. Oh, dude, I fucking <laughs> love those. <laughs> It's just so good. They're just they're just capturing this heel persona. The da- daddy dangly was uh, as uh, Gallows has been calling it himself. Like I just the uh, the sour faced fucking Carl Anderson. It's just oh my god, man! It's just been comedy gold left and right. All, all those all those guys are great when they're left able to do their own thing. Yeah, when they're able to just do what they want to do, right? Like when they're not shoehorned into these stupid stuff that they don't really care about, and they're just getting to be with their friends and have fun and hang out and do stupid shit and it's so entertaining it really really is and it translates well so uh let's talk dynamite from last wednesday we have seven takeaways to talk about there's a couple things that we're not really talking about like the inner circle kind of you know answering the challenge or whatever like that doesn't really need a whole lot of discussion around it so it was cool it was cool (laughs) definitely cool moment but it doesn't really need a lot because it just confirmed that the stadium stampede match is happening at double or nothing and they pretty much gave us the entire rundown of the pay-per-view card. Absolutely worth $50 once again. Uh, looking forward to picking it up and then watching it, ordering some food, and then, you know, sitting down and talking to you about it after. Because with pay-per-views, you actually get to watch those live. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Takeaway number one from Dynamite last Wednesday, we had Christian Cage defeat Matt Seidel in singles action. I thought this was a solid match from both guys. Uh, great way to kick off the show, as we always say. The undefeated Christian Cage. Yeah, so Christian Cage now is part of this battle royale, the casino battle royale that'll be taking place at Double or Nothing, as is Matt Seidel, and as are a lot of other people. <laughs> it's, do we have all 19 named or no? Uh, we do. I put it in Discord, and I'm actually just going to go back there and look. That is uh, the easiest thing for me to do. And I remember I posted it because I took a picture of the... Okay, here it is right here. Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Seidel, Christian Cage, 10, Matt Hardy, Penta El Zero Miedo, uh, Mark Quinn, Powerhouse Hobbs, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Anthony Bowens, Nick Camarado, Lee Johnson, Dustin Rhodes, Brian Pillman Jr., Cutie Marshall, Max Caster, Griff Garrison, and The Blade. Okay, so that's 19. So, and we have The Joker. And there's The Joker, which we don't know who that is yet. Obviously, rumors. Sure, sure we do. What Geo said that Wikipedia, because they they leaked the list correctly before it was announced and they had CM Punk on there, that, that it's CM Punk, right? I know there were some rumors like that. That's probably not going to happen. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it's Brian Danielson, right? My God, people would lose their fucking minds. Can you imagine? That'd be crazy. Like, seriously. I would love it. And it's still totally possible. It's going to be the Velveteen Dream. Oh, my God. I don't think they do it. No way. No way. They no, won't. Please, please, please don't. Don't yeah, listen to me. They won't. They definitely won't do that. But um, whoever it ends up being, you know, will be definitely excited. Honestly, uh, uh, honestly, everyone I hear we're going to you know, Brian, you know, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson or CM Punk. 
I think it's Joe. It's too early to be Joe. Are you sure? Yeah. J- July July 14th is the 90 day no compete. Ah, uh, that's so lame. I hate the 90 day no compete yeah, thing. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's too early. Especially when they're independent, when they're independent contractors. Yeah. It's too early for that. So we have to, that's going to be that live uh, dynamite that Geo is going to actually the be Friday at. One? No, that the, it's a regular dynamite, I believe. But uh, Geo said that he got tickets to that one. It's July 14th. So uh, hopefully Joe debuts at that one because that would be sick. And that's the legit day that those guys are all off the 90 day no compete so and again it's a live dynamite and it's in texas dude it'd be sick it'd be really sick um but after the match ricky starks showed up even though he is injured we are going to be seeing him still luckily because he is a great talent to have even if it's such a cool moment oh absolutely yeah having him come out and then uh team taz you know we had brian cage powerhouse Hobbs, and hook attack uh christian cage and matt seidel from behind after and then hangman page shows up drink in hand hands his drink to ricky starks and then starts beating down everybody in team taz as well because you know he has that match coming up against Brian Cage at the pay-per-view, but Cage would end up with the upper hand and the power bomb to close out that segment while uh, Ricky Starks sipped on some whiskey. <laughs> I did like the segment though after the match. It was really cool. No, it was great. It, it was absolutely great. Like I, I literally watched it twice. I went back just to watch the beat down again. <laughs> yeah, definitely really cool. Uh, takeaway number two, we had some tag team action. We had John Moxley and Eddie Kingston defeat the acclaimed, which kind of, you know, was the storyline going into who was going to be facing the Young Bucks at the pay-per-view. So now we know because of this, because they leapfrogged, uh, who, or I'm sorry, who did they beat? Uh, they beat, or because the Varsity Blondes, well, as we'll talk about here in a minute, they lose, but and they acclaimed lost and they were ranked like number three or something like that. And then SCU lost. So Mox and Kingston, and, and, they're, and they're out of team, so they officially right, don't count so they're anymore. Done. So Mox and Kingston were able to kind of like work their way up, even though I think Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky at one point were on like the tag team rankings and were higher than Mox and Kingston. I think they kind of got leapfrogged. But either way, uh, this this was a super entertaining match. I thought from all four guys, the rap at the beginning from Max Caster, kind of you know referencing Renee Moxley's wife and her podcast oral sessions I thought that was super clever um, I'm really excited to see her show up in AEW eventually I think that's going to be really cool when she does you know she's going to be there eventually so of course like not even a question I, they, they, they should get her on commentary I think so too maybe for the new get, show get, Rampage get, get, or, just, or just get rid of JR I mean they need to get rid of JR at some point yeah they definitely need to do that <laughs> but I thought this was a fun tag match uh, the acclaimed are like I said, one of my favorite tag teams right now in AEW. I think they have a great gimmick. I love Max Caster, dude. The dude is just fire on the mic. He is so good. And Anthony Bowens just plays the role of a hype man so well. So, Do you think he might become like the next big guy? Like, Because he's, he's great at talking. Maybe. I, 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 I would hate to say he's the next Rock because he's not the next Rock. No, but, like, but I could see him definitely like, you know, that's a lot of times how these guys start out. They they catch fire because they're charismatic on the mic and that's sort of what you need to get over. So, you know, maybe, maybe a TNT title runs in the, in the future. You're not beating Miro. He's the man. Maybe a TBS but, uh, title run in the future. There you go. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's beating Miro anytime soon. Poor freaking Dante Martin. Speaking of him, watch him get chucked around the ring next week <laughs> or this week. Technically. <laughs> Yeah. Takeaway number three, as we learn more about the Double or Nothing card, as I said, we got confirmation that it'll be Sting and Darby Allen taking on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in an in-ring segment that started out with just Ethan and Sky, but it quickly turned into an all-out brawl. 
all. And uh, they kept saying and hammering home, this is not cinematic. It is the first in-ring match that Sting is going to have back in front of a live sold-out crowd at Daly's Place. That's kind of cool. I'm really excited about this. I'm, I'm super intrigued about that. Like, can Sting still go? I think so. I don't know. I think what we've seen, like the little glimpses that we've seen from him on Dynamite when he does get physical and obviously what we saw in that cinematic match with Starks and Cage and, you know, when he teamed with Darby for that. I think Sting's definitely got some some gas in the tank left. I think he'll be able to put on a solid performance in a tag team. I, I don't know ever singles and I and I'm afraid for when we ever do see that inevitable Sting singles match. But as long as he keeps tabbing or I'm tabbing, tagging with Darby and uh, you know, being matched up against guys like Starks and Cage and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, all these incredible talents, like he's gonna look fine. I am absolutely loving the whole dynamic between Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Like just all the past, like just that's that's the whole precipice of things. Like I've been beating your ass for this long. I'm gonna keep right. on this promo from Ethan Page was the first we really got to see this from him since, you know, he showed up at AEW and, and seeing this fire and and the, the passion in his voice again and in his eyes was a really cool moment on Dynamite. Like, it's one of the ma- it's not one of the biggest matches on the pay-per-view, but it's one of the matches I'm most excited about. I think it's definitely probably going to be highlighted as one of the bigger matches because Sting is involved and, you know, Sting that, uh, is one of the bigger names that AEW has. Maybe not the best wrestler, of course, you know, he's up there in age, but in terms of name value sting is still up there so it'll likely be a marquee match takeaway number four we have hikaru shida defeating rebel not reba in singles action uh this match was definitely sloppy at times i i really oh, yeah. really wasn't digging this too much um nothing against rebel you know i i think she's fine as a talent it's just there just wasn't working well in there with Takari Shida, who, uh, you know, I, I think is probably potentially on her way out as champion. And I, I don't I don't know about that, though, because they keep like like Brit keeps hammering at home that she's going to take the title. And she's like, you know, you may want to put this uh, what was it what, like program together and you might want to already have me with the title because I'm going to have it by then anyway. And when my action figure comes out, it better have the title because I'm going to have it anyway. Like, are they setting it up for her to be too overconfident and to lose? I don't know. It's possible. She's good enough that they could extend this whole. Oh, absolutely, feud. it could. It could be. It could go for many more months. But I, but I but I want that belt on her so bad. I mean, I think the belt needs to be on her at this point, at least for a little while. Uh, she she is too on fire right now and I mean I guess we'll see what they decide to do either either way I'll be satisfied I'm a fan of both Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker so either way I will be satisfied but I am very curious to see the decision that Tony Khan makes going into the pay-per-view so we'll see we'll definitely see takeaway number five we got a couple more to go here we had Serena Deeb defeating Red Velvet to retain the NWA Women's Championship I thought this was a phenomenal match I think that uh, Red Velvet has been on fire lately. She's been really, really good. Uh, I kind of knew she wasn't going to win, right? Like, I think we all knew that. She's not going to capture the NWA women's title. But it's kind of cool that out of everybody else on the roster, it was her that got the rub to be in the title match in the first place, right? I think that puts more value on her name just because she was in a title match for the NWA Women's Championship when she's not on the NWA women's and the same thing with Serena Deeb like she holds that title she doesn't work for the NWA no, she works for AEW <laughs> 
Thunder Rosa works for the NWA and she's still trying to get that title back. So we'll see if uh, the NWA women's title keeps playing a, you know, a storyline role on Dynamite and AEW programming in the future. I hope it does. I hope it does. But but it made Serena Deeb look so strong. It like did. She was just- and she is really probably doing better than she ever has. Like in, in terms of like her career, if you think back and like she's on top of her game right now, dude. She is just on fire she uh, I, again I hate to talk about WWE when we talk about AEW but she was poised and set up with the perfect storyline a, a Cinderella story comeback with the Mae Young Classic and they ruined it all oh yeah oh yeah I mean you, you, it would have been the perfect story you would have you, um, you would have had a super megastar on your hands if you pulled it off right yeah and I but mean they just, they, they just I, I'm, I'm I'm so happy with this match. Uh, I think the Serenity Lock is a pretty good finisher, too. I do, too. I definitely do, too. And Red Velvet, I still am not behind the name. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't like it as a name, but I th- she, I think as a performer, has been growing so much over the last couple months. It's been so fun to watch. Like, she's way more entertaining in there, especially when she's paired up with uh, with Big Swole and Kylan King on Dark and Elevation and stuff when you see them all together. It's super entertaining. Uh, I, I think Red Velvet has, has been making the most of, of her time in AEW. And I think, you know, she's probably one of the breakout stars in the women's division. So, super cool. But her wrestling style, it reminds me of, like, Lance Storm. Oh yeah, or like, oh, definitely, or, or, or even Chris Jericho, more Malenko, technical, throw, more uh, technically uh, based. Te- yeah, te- technically te- based. Te- technical, te- technical is the easy way to say it. There yeah, you go. <laughs> more more technical based. Uh, that it, yeah, and and I think that's that's kind of awesome when you think about it. So really cool. Uh, takeaway number six, we had a pretty quick match here. We had Anthony Agogo defeating Austin Gunn. Poor, poor Austin Gunn. He was just sent out there to get fed to the Wolves. Uh, I'm, real again, really not much into the storyline that they're doing with Anthony Agogo right now. I, I legit hate him. Like, I do not. Well, that's I, what they want, I, I don't right? Want, they want you to I, hate I, him. Like, that's it's, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't want to see him. That's, I want to just see him get they, his so, ass they, so they've done so, their job, so, right? They've done their job. Like, but I was gonna say he's he's like Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones. He's <laughs> every everybody hated him to the point that the actor was getting death threats. Like that's how good of a heel Anthony Agogo is. Like I don't want this guy on my TV. I just want him done and over with. So kudos. Like, yeah, just, absolutely. You, 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 the only thing I don't dig is that his matches are ending in this, you know, TKO style, whether, you know, this week with Austin Gunn because he was coughing up blood and they, he knocked him out. But before, you know, he did the uh, the gut punch, which, you know, knocked or took somebody else out. So I, uh, I I'm not a huge fan of that. And I can't imagine that, you know, he's it's going to be where all of his matches will just end in a TKO. So eventually I'm going to come around on it. But right now. I'm just not a fan of the way his matches are ending, but him as a, again, a performer, he is nailing the character that he's been given and, and doing and, you know, just being the ultimate heel from the UK. I mean, you know, if it wasn't him, it'd be Seb. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the foreign heel trope in wrestling is something that's overplayed, but he does it so well. And the fact that we're get, that we're getting Cody, the American dream versus Anthony Agogo. It's going to be cool. 
I that's another one that I'm just I'm dying to watch. Like I'm likely buying this pay per view. Oh yeah, dude, I, I am for sure buying the pay per view. I I definitely will be. Uh, I, I'm, I'm much like Brian. I'm probably gonna have tons and tons of wings. Oh man, we always do wings. We usually always do. <laughs> <laughs> Our final takeaway, takeaway number seven from Dynamite last Wednesday, we had the Young Bucks defeat the Varsity Blondes to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was an excellent main event match. Uh, I thought all four guys looked great in the ring. This was a great, you know, profile match for both Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, A big week for them. You know, they had wins on Dark Elevation. And then, of course, with this match here against the Bucks, probably their biggest match to date, probably their best match to date. I think this just really solidified them as a tag team. Hopefully we start seeing more of them now on Dynamite instead of just on Dark and Elevation, because I do think they are one of the tag teams they should focus on. And after seeing Julia Hart with them again for an additional week, it just makes so much more sense. Like she was the perfect pairing for them. Did did we ever do the research on that one? Is she a heart? No, she's from like Mississippi or Minnesota or something like that. She is not a heart. I mean, she is Uh a heart, but she is not a heart family heart. She's a Julia heart. It just would have been cool to have a pillow and a heart, you know? Yeah, no, that's what uh, that's what Gio said, and he thought maybe that was one of the reasons, like, they were tied together because of the names with, uh, with, with Pillman and Hart. So, um, yeah, no, definitely really cool having her there. Again, it, it, the pairing makes so much sense. Uh, I think it works well. And, you know, Pillman and Garrison Jr. Or, uh, Garrison Jr. Yeah, yeah, I said that wrong. Pillman Jr. And Garrison. <laughs> they are definitely becoming bigger stars. And I'm excited to see where their future goes for sure. I, his, you know, Brian Pillman Jr.'s promo about, you know, how dare you invoke my father's name. Like, boy, I can talk. Absolutely, like, he can. They're going to be great. I, I, even, I even love the name. I don't think we even talked about that. I love how they're the varsity blondes. And then the, other, and then the Hollywood blondes. It, yeah. Like, the Hollywoods, like it all ties together. It's so it's perfect. I'm it's so perfect. I'm so happy to be I'm so happy to be back in wrestling again. Yeah, it's so perfect. I, that's, that's, that's what AEW. But I love that. How about after the match, dude? I Mo- loved it. Mox and Kingston showing up, throwing on the sleeper holes, and then Eddie stealing their shoes. <laughs> it's so freaking New York, dude. He's my favorite bodega-based uh, wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, I love Eddie Kingston. I I really really do. He and and now that he's a face and you know the pairing with Mox, it definitely brought out a much more playful and fun Eddie Kingston as opposed to just, you know, the pissed off guy that was with the fam, uh with the bunny, the butcher, the blade. Um I'm glad that they kind of, you know, went their separate ways and now we have this much better version of Eddie Kingston and dude, the 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 freaking shoes picture they put on Instagram. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> These are two top AEW World Championship guys taking taking on the EVPs. I mean, this is going to be a this match probably should high, you know, be the the main event over the over the Kenny match. To be honest, mm, no, I don't I just, know. I, just, I mean, I guess in terms <laughs> of like you have, I guess if you're putting like value on everybody's name, even still, Omega's value is so high right now. That I don't match, know. <laughs> I hate I, I hate to spoil my picks, but that match is ending in shenanigans, okay? I don't know. I, I think so, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think that could be a great match, though. I really do. Uh, but before we get to our predictions this Saturday, we do have to talk star rating for Dynamite last Wednesday. Uh, I went with... Um, 
Four and a half last week again. I thought it was a pretty decent dynamite. This one struggled in areas. Obviously, I was not a huge fan of the uh, Sheeta Rebel match. I wasn't a huge fan of Austin Gunn and Anthony Agogo. But the uh, openers, the the tag match, Christian Cage, Matt Seidel was good. Ma- uh, Mox, Eddie, Kingston, McLean, like I said, that match was good. The main event was excellent. Um... I think I'd have to go three and a half stars, though. I think I'd have to settle on three and a half for this one. You're going to talk me up to it. I was going to say three, but I, I think I could settle on three and a half. Yeah, I think I would say three and a half for this one. I thought it was on all around. OK, filler show. But this was definitely a show just to, you know, pump out a show. I'm really looking forward to what they're going to put out this Friday night, though. For, for, for the go home show, I'm expecting very, very big things. Yeah, we have a stacked card, as we'll talk about here uh, for this Friday night on Dynamite. But I do want to also mention tonight on Elevation that Forbidden Door is open if you saw Rocky Romero from NJPW is going to be wrestling JD Drake tonight on Elevation and uh, Ren Narita also from NJPW will be wrestling Royce Isaacs so that's actually really cool but then looking ahead to this Friday night on Dynamite remember it is at a special time 10pm Dynamite start time so it's a late one but it is live Orange Cassidy will be responding to an offer Kenny Omega made to him about sitting out the uh, triple threat match on Dynamite and getting a title shot in the future we'll have his answer for that I imagine it'll be a big fat no the inner circle will celebrate their greatest moments which has me Worried. I really don't want to see them lose at the pay-per-view <laughs> because I don't want to see the inner circle break up. I don't think it's time for that yet, but we'll see. A one-year celebration will be held for the AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida. Cody Rhodes and Anthony Agogo will have their way in for Double or Nothing. Jade Cargill is hosting an open challenge. Darby Allen is taking on Cesar Bononi. Joey Janela versus Hangman Adam Page is another singles match. We have tag team action representing the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson taking on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. That should be an excellent match. And then uh, I'm assuming the main event, but maybe not. It, it's a title match, but it might main event. I don't really know. Miro will be defending his TNT championship against Dante Martin. Decent dynamite. Good go home, yeah. good, you know, lead in show to the pay-per-view. And I imagine we're going to have a lot of, you know, spillover into the pay-per-view. Like, that's why we have so many segments announced, right? That's why we have the weigh-in announced and the one-year celebration announced and the greatest moments announced and Orange Cassidy responding to Kenny Omega. Like, who's who's going to respond to Jade Cargill? She's hosting an open challenge. So is it really going to be someone like, you know, Ashley Dan Boyce or, you no. know, Rekka Tahaka from, you know, is it going to be someone like, or is it going to be someone like are they going to are, are they going to like feed her like a, a Ty Conti which I really don't hope I hope they don't do that I really don't want them to do that or a pregnant uh, Brandy yeah no they're not going to do that um like I, I really don't know like do, do they maybe send out Diamante or Layla Hirsch or something? I don't really know because, again, I don't think Jade Cargill can lose this. Again, she's not going to lose. It's really an open challenge. But I, I would hope that the person that answers it has some legitimacy to them. And it's not just, oh, you know, this person's going to get their ass kicked in two seconds. You know what I mean? So I, I honestly, even though they don't do them all that often because they're not allowed to, I would love for a surprise like like a real like a legitimate like a legit surprise. surprise right like if it was I mean I don't know Rosemary yeah I mean impact it's crossover not, it's not, right but it could was, but it could because of the impact it's not like it's not likely exactly it's not likely but it could right exactly something like that because the forbidden door being open you never know what to expect <laughs> which is awesome although let's face it if Rosemary was coming back we wanted to fight Abaddon okay yeah that would be a that would be a really cool like crossover match for sure. <laughs> 
But yeah, don't forget, Dynamite is on Friday night this night, special time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, going to be a late one. And then we'll be back sometime on Saturday. I don't know what time, but we'll be back. Likely the morning. Probably the morning or by the time they we put it out, it'll be late afternoon probably. But it'll probably be sometime Saturday afternoon where you'll get to hear another episode where we'll talk about this week's Elevation, Dark, and Dynamite and make our predictions for Double or Nothing. And then we'll be back next Monday with another episode where we recap everything that we saw at Double or Nothing. But uh, that is going to do it for this episode. Episode, I do think I am going to get out of here, get this show put together, go to bed. Jessica and I are going to the Columbus Zoo in like seven hours. I need to get some sleep. <laughs> Frank, do you have anything else to say before we get on out of here? Brian, I think we said it all. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood Destroyers and all elite wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by leveldowngames.com. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details and ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. Theme song of the week last week, I went with Wild Thing, you know, the uh, by the Trogs, which is not the version that they've decided to use. They're using the version from... Um, uh, oh, what movie is it that they're using? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't make it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I looked at, I saw the story. I would have to go back and it's not, look. It's not Animal House, is it? I don't think so. Um, I saw this. It was on Wrestling Inc. where Tony Khan was doing an interview and like they were talking about the version of the song that they got for him. And they mentioned which, which movie it came from, but I don't remember which movie it came from. But uh, it is from an actual movie. It's a cover version. It's not like the actual legit uh, song that they played last week. So that'll likely be the only time we ever hear that version, which is kind of oh, crazy. I'm an idiot. I'm an, actually an idiot. It's from major league. There you go. There you go. That's why the, I mean, the only time, the, the, the only time the Cleveland Indians were ever even remotely interesting to me. Nah, man, the Indians are always Nothing. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not even going to be they the Cleveland the Indians anymore. <laughs> they're not even going to be the Cleveland Indians after this year. It'll be like the Cleveland baseball team or something. So Frank, you got pick of the week this week. Uh, I'm not, not pick of the week. Theme song. Of the week this week. Pick of the week is the Love It On Games podcast. Fape Song of the Week is this podcast. Frank, what is your choice this week? We're going to deep it up right now. All right. Let's, let's, let's walk out here with some Serena Deeb. Current NWA Women's Champion. Uh, just defeated Red Velvet, as we talked about. This is a good one to close the show. Serena Deeb, now hit the music.
too much talk about who the best now i'm ready to settle it i heard all over all the impediments really it's time to remind y'all that my power is prevalent yeah it's funny when they size me and say that i'm old school now i gotta make the time to come out and expose you pin you down tap you out i gotta dispose you they said that i shouldn't do it whatever i chose to run in your mouth like you don't know what happens now you about to feel the fire of a dragon Y'all know that I got the advantage and y'all about to get banished.